Joining us today is Porter Wilson, punter for the Duke Blue Devils. In his second season, Porter is already one of the best punters in all of college football, earning him a spot on the Ray Guy Award watch list. Porter, thanks for joining the scouting report. Yeah, thanks for having me, Scott. It's a pleasure to be here today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're excited to get this going. So I want to jump right into it. Porter, you're a punter, and, you know, that's very atypical for our guests, and it's pretty exciting. So I'm really curious about, you know, your backstory and how you became a punter, kind of what goes into that. Can you just give us a little bit of background and tell us, you know, how you came to find out that this was a good position for you? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my first love was soccer. So I think I started when I was like three or four, started playing the little league. It's kind of evident from an early age that I could kick the ball, you know, farther than everybody else. Um, you know, there's a lot of parents who made the field goal sign after I, you know, sky a, you know, a shot over the crossbar. So I think there was several things, you know, early on that kind of hinted toward, you know, maybe I should try football. But, you know, I continued with soccer until high school. I picked up basketball, track and field. Um, I really kind of tried it all. But, you know, going into high school, eighth grade, I met a, uh, you know, my, one of my friend's brothers, older brothers, was a punter for Boston College. And he met with me and we kind of talked. He um, took me out and trained me one day, just kind of see how I liked it. Um, and kind of from there is where it took off. You know, right away he saw it. He told me that, you know, there's potential here. You know, he kind of showed me the path, showed me what I needed to do, whether it be like what camps to focus on, national scouting camps. But just from there on out, I decided, you know, let's focus on football. I think it's my best opportunity for, you know, an opportunity in college to play in college. Um, after freshman year, I decided to wrap everything up with uh, football, basketball, track and field and just you know, kind of put my head down and started focusing on punting. Nice. Uh, up to that point, what other sports were kind of your, your better sports? Were you because you're pretty tall. Were you good at basketball or were you better at soccer? What was your what was your natural progression there? So soccer was definitely my best sport. I was a pretty good goalie and I love just playing attacker. You know, I was obviously like twice the size everyone I was playing against. So there was definitely some physical advantage there as a younger, younger one. But, you know, as I got older, you know, people started catching up. Um, I was still a good goalie, but not so much attacker. You know, defenders are starting to be my size. And my grandpa was always pushing me to play basketball. I finally gave it a try in sixth grade. Definitely did not come natural for me. You know, I'm more of a foot sort of sport. I know how to use my feet, not my hands, but I kind of got the hang of it. I played some clubs, some AAU, um, playing the high school JV team for a season. But I just, I never really felt the same passion I had for soccer or for football. So I decided to, you know, knock that. And then track and field just wasn't really, didn't have the passion of the drive. Well, here you are, you know, a high level punter, you know, on a pretty significant watch list. So, you know, you're, you're doing it, you're, you're, you're on your path. And I think that's cool. So, you know, in college football punters, you know, they average about 42 yards on a punt, which is pretty far, but some guys, you know, punt further, some guys, you know, can, you know, botch one and it goes a little bit shorter for you. You've done it a couple of times. What's it like to launch a punt 70 yards? I can tell you that like in the moment, you don't really think a whole lot about it. It's kind of like when the ball comes off your foot, you think to yourself, wow, you know, that felt like a great punt. But, you know, you have that split second thought and it's, you know, get down the field and start covering, you know, don't worry about that. So, you know, you kind of always have that feeling. You kind of feel that perfect sort of hit, but you never know until you come to the sideline and one of your buddies, you know, lets you know, hey, you know, that was 60 yards, that was 70 yards. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a good feeling, but. It definitely doesn't sink in until you, you know, made it to the sideline. 
Right. And then you start comparing yourself to all the pro punters who some of them can do it and some of them can't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when you chose Duke, you know, was the football program the biggest factor there or was there any other factor that really influenced you to go there? So the biggest factor for me about Duke was that there wasn't one singular factor that stood out. You know, a lot of schools I visited, football was all they had. Football was their main, you know, recruiting point, selling point. You know, that just wasn't the case for Duke. You know, Duke kind of is a place where it has it all. You know, we have a power five football team. It's one of the best co college football coaches of all time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have an elite education here. It's an awesome just kind of community and area to be a part of. It's such a, you know, growing area. It's Durham's, you know, one of the, like, what, the second recommended place to live in the U.S. right now. Third, second, or third. So I think it was just all that stuff coming together alongside the football staff at Duke is incredible compared to other schools. You know, it's definitely more family and they have more care than your typical football program. So, you know, just all these different factors playing together really made Duke stand out for me. Yeah. You know, people love to hate Duke, but when you're a part of it, there's this known brotherhood and it's something I haven't been a part of, obviously, but I see it. You know, I, I've talked to a few athletes from Duke and there's really this known understanding of like a, we are Duke, we are a brotherhood, we are a community. And from the outside looking in, it seems like something you'd want to be a part of. You know, being a college athlete, it's really demanding. What motivates you to do something like this? No, I've definitely caught myself asking myself the same exact question. Um, but, you know, it always comes back to I love challenging myself day in and day out. You know, I think it's not a good day unless you're pushing your limits and trying to become better than you were the day before. So, you know, more than anything, I'm more thankful for the opportunity to have, you know, the extra challenge in my life. You know, it's not just class I have to deal with. You know, I have the extra football commitment, whether it be time, physical, mental. You know, I'm just really lucky to be in a position where I have the opportunity to be better every single day and challenge myself. Yeah. You know, uh, you mentioned Coach um, Cut and Coach Cutliff. He's, uh, he's been around football for a long time. Um, you mentioned, you know, top five all-time college coaches. It's very possible he's right up there. You know, uh, you could definitely make a great argument for him. He's most famously credited with, you know, coaching and mentoring the Manning brothers in college. And, you know, I'm wondering what's it like, you know, being under his tutelage? You know, what do you really get from a coach like him versus, you know, a regular coach? Yeah, so I think it comes down to the player. And I think it kind of says his recruiting style, too, is that he recruits players that he believes fit his you know, ideas, ideals for what a football player and program should be like. So it's really about the person themselves. It's not, you know, you can be great at football, but you're not going to play for a coach cut unless, you know, you are the right type of person. So, you know, it kind of shows that he recruits well, but he recruits people that will take his coaching because his coaching is not for everybody. You really have to like care what he's talking about. You have to listen. You have to give him your like dedication and attention. But he's one of those guys where, you know, he's one of the most brilliant minds out there. So you really, it's really about your mindset and how you look at it. And, you know, you really got to make the most of what he says, because what he says may not seem like super uh, beneficial or serious in the moment, but realistically, there's a whole lot more to what he's saying. And, you know, you really just got to think about it and apply it to the situation at hand. Mm, got to peel it back. What do you think he really looks for? Like, what fits that model of what he's really going after when he's recruiting players? I think someone who embraces the 55. So, you know, that's alignment, assignment, effort, execution, and finish. So just kind of someone who all around is putting in effort in all aspects of life. 
And I think the biggest one is even one who follows the man rules. So that's uh, be where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing as well as you can possibly do it. Okay. Let's, let's discuss mentality. All right. As a punter, you know, your ability to be on the field is really limited. And I'm wondering, you know, when your team needs you, they absolutely rely on your ability to perform. So how do you, as a punter who, you know, only comes in so seldomly, how do you manage to stay ready? I think personally, the biggest thing I do is that I get involved on the sidelines in games. You know, I'm trying to stay locked on to what's going on. I, you know, I want to feel the emotions of what's going on on the field. If I'm riding that roller coaster with everybody and, you know, just making sure I'm a part of the game mentally at all times, then, you know, I'm ready to go when the time comes. That's great. So you can impact your team when you're not on the field. Yeah, absolutely. I know I joke about this sometimes, but, you know, our specialists are really the direct, you know, directors of morale, head of morale here. So, you know, when we don't have something we can be doing, you know, we need to be making sure everyone else is good. So whether it be standing up, giving someone your seat, making sure everyone's good on water, you know, just congratulating someone on a good play, you know, pat them on the back, you know, whatever it is, it's not about us. It's about the team and getting the win. So you're calling it the directors of morale. Yeah, directors of morale. Who else is on that committee on your team? I'd say all the specialists. Okay. Everyone. Charlie Ham, John Taylor, Jackson Hubbard. There you go. Everybody. All right. So um, I want to talk about NIL for a second. Uh, what, what has this experience been like for you? And do you think it's different because you're a punter? Yeah, it's, it, it definitely came out of nowhere. I wasn't anticipating NIL to be something that I was a part of during my college career or anything. But, you know, it sprung up and it's been crazy, you know, just to see the potential to contact and work with some great companies, you know, it wasn't really imaginable before, but recently mystery tackle box reached out to me for a competition between, you know, NCAA college punters. That essentially just means like I sent the post pictures of fishing gear that they sent me. And if, if I get like the most likes on my social media, I get like five grand, 50 mystery boxes, a bunch of stuff. And, you know, that was not something that could ever happen before. Mm-hmm. So it's just astonishing to me. And then uh, recently I've been subscribed to what's been called, it's called Morning Brew. It's the daily newsletter. I've been subscribed to them for about three, four years now. And during like when NIL got passed for college athletes, uh, they tweeted something on Twitter saying, hey, like fill out this form if you ever be interested in being a you know, Morning Brew college athlete. And I did it kind of jokingly, you know, thinking because they're such a large company that, you know, why would they ever want to punter, you know, represent them but hey why not I took my shot mm-hmm. and uh you know luckily they reached back out to me and I got you know a sponsorship a little partnership with them so I was amazing just to be able to actually promote a company that I've been with for a few years now and know that you know they're good at what they do and are awesome so it's just been a roller coaster there's definitely been a lot of opportunities that I never originally saw coming I think that's great that you can be a part of Morning Brew's brand. Yeah, it, just like you said, something that you've done, that you've believed in for years before this opportunity even showed up. And I think it's great that, you know, you can you know, hop into these things. I guess you do this daily, right? You look at the, what they have to offer their, their email list. Like, take us through your schedule. What time are you opening up Morning Brew every day? So I'll start my day usually around a little after 5 a.m. I'll get up and... You know, I usually brush my teeth and I'll do Duolingo while I brush my teeth. I have like a 260 day streak on Duolingo right now. So that's when I usually get it done is in the morning when I'm brushing my teeth, gets my brain going early on. And then usually when I'm on my way to practice, walking on over to the facilities, when I whip out morning brew and get my, you know, a little catch up on all things, finance, tech, you know, business. So I'd say around, I mean, I'm reading at six, like when they, when they publish it. 
Wow. So you're one of, you're probably one of the first guys looking at it too. That's great. Yeah. What a natural fit for you and them to, to be partnered up. That's great. I, I hope that uh, partnership continues to flourish. All right. It's time to have a little fun. We're going to do some rapid fire fun questions. Let's start with who's your favorite punter. Pat McAfee. Why is that? I just, he's a great punter. Don't get me wrong. He's, you know, he's fantastic. He's so talented, but he's also done an extremely good job at, you know, the publicity for specialists in general and just kind of, you know, expanding the awareness of specialists and the role they play on and off the field. So, you know, I really appreciate him and look up to him in that sort of sense that he's taking his own sort of platform to then bring attention to an entire like group of people. Absolutely. Not only is he a role model for specialists, but just for football players in general or athletes in general, you're absolutely right about that. Okay. If you could choose any position to play other than punter, what would you pick and why? I'm pretty naturally good at long snapping. I think that's something that comes with just being a specialist. You kind of always know how to long snap, but it'd be fun to be quarterback. I'm not sure how good I'd be at it. I could get the job done though. Nice. But outside of football, I'd definitely be a golfer, a pro golfer all day, any day. Golf's kind of become my second love within the past few years. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind playing golf for a living. What's your favorite course to play out there in Carolina? So I got to play Pinehurst once, number eight. Okay. And that was an experience, man. That was that was awesome. But, you know, of course, I get to play a little bit more often is the Washington Duke in course, which is like a phenomenal course. I'm always very happy when I have the opportunity to play there. Well, we're going to shout them out for you. Let's try and get you a free round. No, please do. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you could play beer pong with anyone in the NFL, who would you pick? Johnny Hecker. Not necessarily, you know, for the beer pong, but just so I could pick his brain. Yeah. About, you know, yeah. what his daily routine is, how he balances his personal life with his professional life. You know, how he just maintains mentality to get better every day. You know, just sort of those sort of questions. Great answer. This last question. What's the one thing you want to do uh, that you haven't done yet while you're at Duke? I need to go to the Duke Lemur Center. I have, like, I'm a huge animal lover. Okay. Um, I love anything to do with animals, but I just never do it. And I need to do it because it looks amazing. You just kind of have to sign up, I think, a week in advance now. So I don't know, but I'm going to do it eventually. I'm sorry. Did you say the Duke Lemur Center? Yeah, Duke Lemur Research Center. So I guess we're one of the top, like, research centers on lemurs. But yeah, you can like go there and they have like up close sort of exhibits and you can like go hold one and feed one, I guess. And some pretty cool stuff. All right. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Porter, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for joining the scouting report. You know, you're welcome back anytime. That's yeah, a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. This podcast is hosted by Scott Eisenstadt and produced by Central Park Sound. Audio supervision, editing, and theme song by Jordan Schiff. Make sure to rate and review this episode. And if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, and follow The Scouting Report wherever you listen to podcasts.